How are you doing, Michelle, my wonderful co-host? Crap. I just realized I closed uh, something that I wanted to talk about during the, this episode. But other but, than that, yeah, <laughs> really, um, like, I'm fine. I'm better. Thanks for asking. Uh, we just recorded episode five, um, had a really extensive conversation about time traveling um, that if you have not listened to, go listen to it. Really interesting stuff about time traveling. Um, and many questions, many unanswered questions. Um, and uh, I just had, uh, I don't even know what they're called, but they're those lo lo like uh, frozen lollipops. I, I call them lollipops. I don't know. Like popsicles, yes. Uh, frozen popsicles of uh, like the one that has red and then has uh, white and then blue on the bottom. I know they have a name, but I just had one of those. And oh my God, they're so delicious. Uh, now you're going to look for it because you want to know what I'm talking about, Gio. Um, but yeah, um, so after I had that ice cream break, I'm feeling better. And now Gio, let me see. They are called firecrackers. Firecrackers? Yeah, I thought they were like rocket something because of America. But like, yeah, they're called firecrackers. Um yeah, it was nice. That's yeah. I we I like the episode oh. we did, and I will say I would venture to say that the episode is so good that even if you haven't seen the movie, you like I think you'll become more interested in the movie from our conversation. For real, because like our conversation is really good, and you go like, oh, like, like that's like probably one of the few times that'll happen. Of like, if you listen to the podcast first, I feel like you'll enjoy the movie more. Because you'll be like, oh, yeah, it's really cool that they do that. Like, instead of going like, this is a romance movie and I'm not a big fan of it. It's not really working for me. I'm not feeling the love tonight. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I have stuff that I was thinking of talking about um, uh, just for our conversation. Um, in uh, one of the things is World Trigger. Um I want to talk about World Trigger, not like in actual specifics, but I wanted to talk about like, hey, give give a follow up to a previous episode. Um, previously, a few weeks ago, we discussed World Trigger Volume One, um, and that became us talking about Volume One because as I was reading, well, as Michelle was reading, she ended up reading more, and then as I was reading, I even started reading even more than that. Um, and so we just read an entire volume and talked about it. And in the week after that, in the like in less than the week after that, I read the entire manga of World Trigger. All like the entire like I became I read two hundred and six chapters in a week. <laughs> dear yeah, dear was, viewer, I haven't even finished reading it. Let me tell that to everybody. Like, I'm all caught up. Like, I, like, Michelle unlocked in me a joy in reading that I had not had in a long time. Like, I like to read and I like stories, but, like, a lot, like, the um, the spice was really flowing when I was, like, when I was reading World Trigger. And, it, and it's really interesting, and I, I implore those who stop who may have stopped after the volume to keep going because it gets even better than in that first volume things continue to unfold 
and it is quite fun. And I'm trying to pull up the thing so I can tell you when the next chap when like how long how much longer I have to wait for a new chapter, because um, I am definitely waiting. Because I've read 206 chap pages, 206 chapters. Um, Michelle, are there any like follow ups you'd like to do about previous episodes, or previous content content? Let's see, let's see. Um, so we've done the. Billie Eilish, we've done World Trigger, we did, um, oh, I don't know if I want to, I want to talk about what we're going to watch next, <laughs> about, like, how I started watching, because, uh, like, what I'm watching right now, but no, let's, I don't want to, I don't well, want to. Okay, well, I mean, we won't get into specifics, but. Michelle has begun the journey of our next, like started doing the work for our next episode, which will be about Carolyn Tuesday. And um, something that Michelle and I have been very excited to talk about um, since the very, like since like the beginning of our friendship. <laughs> yeah, I know. Literally that was one of the first things uh, we talked about. Uh, like, cause I hadn't seen the second season of Carolyn Tuesday. And then she was like, Oh my God, it's already yeah, you should watch it. Yeah, I'm so excited. And I'm like, oh god, yes. And I watched it like in in within a week, like less probably. It was so yeah. It was so good. And so I remember cuz it's uh, Carolyn Tuesday is is basically like an anime about music and I listened to the uh, like I have a playlist uh in my Spotify of all this anime like music and I've been listening to it a lot recently and Gio asked me like are you sure you want to keep listening to the songs they might not hit the same when you're watching the anime and then I send him a text message the other day I'm like I'm 13 minutes in and I'm bawling like <laughs> I am crying so no it does not have any effect on me whether I have listened to these songs like so often like that's that's how like oh hits my heart um so God. Yeah, and that's content to look forward to next week in this beautiful month of yes. May in which we talk about stuff. This episode we'll be talking about ocean waves. Um, but like, you know, we're we have the customary we, we start off with about ten to fifteen minutes of conversation before we get into the topic. Of something um, that's completely different. <laughs> yeah. There was something else I was trying to remember. Oh, I've been like I've been reading One Piece. I like I yeah, I've been reading what like unlocking this this enjoyment of manga that like I haven't really like read manga really since like high school <laughs> like since like like I used to read like I used to read a lot of manga because like I was obsessed with Bleach and Bleach had ended the show Bleach ended and like so I read the manga and like and it's actually funny that's how I like that's how I got into Naruto was through the manga because I used to read the manga in like middle school in middle school I used to just sit in a bookstore and read the books. <laughs> I used to read books in a bookstore. Um, uh, and like after like after the time, like basically where Shippuden like happens, mm -hmm. like that's where I started reading. And so like I've read shit like post time skip all the way to the end of Naruto. And then like for Bleach, it was like after the Fullbringer arc all the way to the end of Bleach. Um, and then like I have read some of Kikaishi, which is a show that got canceled. And I and like I did the same thing of like, okay, the show's canceled. 
I'm going to go to the manga. And I read a lot of that and I stopped. And we'll get to Kikaishi one day. Don't worry. I'm, in fact, I'm about to put it on the content list right now. But like One Piece is, one, is a show that I've had in my life like on and off. Um, just because it's so long and I end up catching up a bunch or like getting fatigued and then like catching up again. And I kind of had, I kind of reached my final straw because I was in the Big Mom arc for those who know. Um, and I will only say that, but I was in the Big Mom arc. And when I was watching, I the arc was dragging for me, um, be, especially coming off of Jujutsu Kaisen. <laughs> It's like such a different pacing for the episodes. It's mm-hmm. so slow and like legitimately you get through two chapters in an episode versus like a story be happening, boom, boom, boom. And so I switched the manga and I sw- read the man- those chapters from the manga and then like sw- tried switching back. And But the arc I came back to was also a Boeing arc. <laughs> and so I just like switched back to the manga and I was like, I'm gonna stay here, and then if there's parts where I want to see it animated and in full color, I'll just look them up on YouTube or something. Um, so like I, I'm officially on the One Piece manga train, and I have read an enti- insane amount of One Piece. And like I haven't read in a few days at the time of this recording, but like I've read like a like a hundred chapters. Like yeah, well. Mm, I have to do the math on that because I'm you on can- 955 or like 956 right now, but I I think I was on yeah uh, yeah nearly a hundred chapters. Oh no, well, definitely a hundred chapters. You're yeah, only like allowed- 120 chapters. Yeah. Though then that's like a, a loophole then because um because you're reading it on the Shonen Jump on, on Shonen Jump app. Yes. Well, supposedly you're only allowed to read a hundred chapters a day. So a day, a day. Yeah. Like that's, Oh, I didn't realize it was a hundred per day. Cause I had a thing where it was telling me, I got something that said like, uh, you have too many, like you've read too much or like, I don't know if it said you read too much or it said something about it. And it was the point of it was that like, I thought I was like, Oh, well I just need to do like, I need to delete some episodes, some chapters, and then I can. Oh go back yeah, to you can more. only you can only del- I mean download so many to read mm-hmm. them online. I think yes. that's what it was telling me. Yeah, it was but like you can- I had a hundred episodes, hundred chap. I keep saying episodes, hundred chapters downloaded, and so I had to delete yeah. the old ones that I had already read before I kept going. No, like it's only like you can you can read up to a hundred a day, like. Okay. But I. I think that that's like if you don't download them. I don't think it counts if you're downloading them. So if you're, yeah. So I'm pretty sure that because I mostly down- read download, even though I don't necessarily need to have them downloaded. I download. I like try to download a bunch of them and then yeah. read from there. It's easier though because if you have them downloaded, then even if you have bad internet, then you're gonna be able to keep reading them. Yeah, there was one time where it did give me issue where I was like. It was like I didn't have this episode downloaded, and then like the internet was just it like gave me the like pinwheel of death, and I was like, I just want to read, I just want to read about Sanji, come on, <laughs> and yeah, but like this definitely opened up for me because like I'm like, oh, there's my hero academia vigilantes in here, and like and like that's something I've heard about a bunch, and I want to read, and there's like. 
One Punch Man on here. And I really opened the door for you. Truly, you truly opened the door. I was like, Demon Slayer's on here. I might like go back and watch read Demon Slayer. And like I have a friend of mine who um at the time of this recording um is still dealing with um COVID. Uh like they caught COVID and I, I wish them success uh in health. Um but uh they they were like, Yeah, read yes, read Demon Slayer. <laughs> And they show me like pictures of like cutesy moments or like if like the art changes to this when you know when you know the tension is gone. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Interesting. Um, and so I'm looking forward to perhaps Ooh, doing I'm, that. But I I'm have other forward. moments on my list that I need to do. I'm looking forward to watching Demon Slayer tonight, like the movie. I'm going. Oh my god, guys. So <laughs> after COVID shots number two officially. This is my second week of uh, being with my second dose with COVID shots on Tuesday, actually. It was my second week. So, quote unquote, officially uh, sort of immune to dying. So, I could still get COVID, but I just won't die. Uh, at least that's how I understood it. Uh, so, I am uh, uh, very afraid still of going and seeing people in public, but uh, I can't wait to be in a theater like it's just without like being completely afraid for my life um so i'm so excited because i'm gonna go see demon slayer movie tonight with my roommate <laughs> whoop, whoop. sorry i had to talk i'm about very like, and i didn't even know that like like i found out it was on in theaters like um a week before uh, this recording time Right, either right before or right after we recorded uh, Saturdays are four, and mm. um, in which we talked about Jujutsu Kaisen. Um, go check it out. <laughs> I'll put it. In the- <laughs> I'll put it. In the- <laughs> um, we talked about that, yeah, and like I was like, wait, what? Demon Slayer's on theaters, and like I got so tempted, I got so tempted to go, um, to be like, I'm just gonna throw my whole life away and throw my money away, and I'm gonna like go to the theaters um, because the, going to the theaters for me is not just a um not just the movie ticket um because uh i don't drive and the theaters that are near me are all like they're not even really in a bus route really or like or definitely not a bus route i'm familiar with and then like the times at which i would want to go like these screenings were happening at nighttime and I don't like to travel by night in public transit. Um, additionally, like my experience is to go to a theater like a studio movie grill in which I can have like a, a table to eat at and eat food and drink beer and watch a movie and enjoy it. Um, I've had other experiences that have been nice to where I wasn't doing that, but like when I go to like, okay, I am going to enjoy a movie by myself and have it be a special occasion. It's like a $60 affair <laughs> just to go see a movie. <laughs> um, so uh, I'm not going to watch the movie in the theater for some time. It's going to be a while before I watch, before I watch the movie. Um, so I'm wishing Michelle very, very much success, and I hope they have the best time watching Mugen Train. That's how I say it. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know um, how I'm going to feel about the whole thing. Um, I'm, I'm excited to go, but 
I really, really hope that they didn't sell like every single ticket in the theater uh, because I know for sure that if they did, I will feel really uncomfortable and I don't care if I paid for it, I will leave. Um, because even though I do have my vaccine, I still, even before the pandemic, I don't feel comfortable being near people. Like I'm pretty sure everybody at one point, like when they went to the movie theater, they didn't like anybody that they didn't know sitting next to them. Like that's like, that's a thing. So with the pandemic, even worse. So I thought, I really, really hope that they didn't. Yeah, I mean, so I guess this is my question of like, do um, like, I like, I would imagine even though things are opened up, I didn't think, like, are they still, like, 100%? Like, are they allowed to do 100% capacity? Did you did you check at all? I wasn't the one who bought them. Like, yeah, but I was, I, was, I didn't <laughs> check. No, because I asked, I asked my roommate. I asked her, because uh, she's like, hey, you want to do it? And I was like, yeah, yeah. Like, it was so sudden. And then I went to her and I asked her, do you know if they're selling tickets for the whole thing? Because she was talking about how they sold out. And I was like, well, did they sell out because they're selling fewer tickets? Or is it because they're selling out the whole, like, theater? Can you send me in private chat? Make sure you're on private chat. Send me the name of the place, and I will check during the course of this podcast whether or not they will be at 100% capacity. Because okay. I am scared for you, especially given the fact that in a short in a short while, we will be in the same place. Yes. <laughs> I wish you health. I wish you health, and I don't want you to get sick. And I especially do not want, and I also do not want myself to get sick <laughs> from you, because that will change our friendship forever <laughs> if you make me sick. Oh, you already got your second dose. <laughs> yeah, I got my you? second as well, but it, I, I still don't want you to get me sick. <laughs> I mean, I know, but we we wouldn't get ourselves sick if we if we both the have chance the, the percentages of omission are a lot lower. Yes, that is true. But <laughs> you also know how like nigh paranoia. Yeah, I, I mean, if it makes you feel a bit better, like by then it had our two weeks should have already passed. Yeah, I but know. still, uh, I know you're still pretty. I mean, I also, like I said, I also don't want you to get sick. <laughs> I mean, you know, have you I... found the name of the <laughs> Um, yeah, oh my god. Oh, that's something we should do one day of like revisit Demon Slayer. Either here, hopefully here. Mm-hmm. I would love to talk about it here instead, like instead of Saturdays or four. Um, just so I could have that, like that be a personal experience between the two of us. Um, but if it happens, it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, please continue conversation. I don't know. I started thinking about that now, and now I'm worried. Uh, I mean, I get it. Uh, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Share Club Pod. This is episode number six, in which we will be talking about Ocean Waves, uh, a 1993 film. Um, let's see. So I'm looking at things. Do 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 do. Do do do. 
here we are. Okay, so we're trying. I'm trying to. Okay, let me pause because now we're like having bad podcasting vibes. Uh, <laughs> there was something else. I know I didn't write it down. I should have wrote it down. But there was something else I was thinking about, like how I've consumed it a lot, and that like, oh, I have seen season one of MTV's reality TV oh, show. Yeah. Are you the one? And I watched the entire first season over the course of two days. And I, Michelle, instead of me just like talking the whole time, I would like you to ask me questions and I will answer them as I continue my research. Please. Oh, I already looked for it. Oh, did you find an answer? Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I put for like the capacity, but I can't find like I looked for it, but it doesn't say anything. Okay, hold on, let's see. I'm going to look at the so I don't think it says so. This thing, so the brand of the theater has COVID 19 policies. And the seats are sanitized, and um, there, yeah. So it's talking about cleanliness. It's talking mostly about cleanliness. Um, but these, this is this information is from June. Um, I mean, because I'm, so I'm I'm keeping my face mask throughout the whole movie anyway. Um, but still, I don't want to be next to people. Yeah, and they do a check-in prior to each. They, they're doing check-ins for all the staff. Um, okay, a reduced auditorium capacity and staggered show times. Okay, so perfect. That, yeah, and then contactless ticketing. So you should, okay. yeah, so you should be good. Like okay, yeah, capacities are reduced. Um, yeah, capacities are reduced. So you you'll be socially. You'll have. Uh, physical distancing and then like when when the sh- the theaters come out the movies come out like let out of the movie of the theaters it won't be everyone at the same time it won't be like two theaters coming out like this so you should be fine okay um, it has been 22 minutes are you ready yeah <laughs> we're All just right. worried about <laughs> ocean waves it was like i was like I, the whole t- the whole feeling of this episode has changed it's, uh, it's, uh, compared to the last episode. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, okay. So yeah. let's see. This is the first time we both watched it, right? But yes. this your pick, Gio. Um, please let me ask you the first question I have written down. Well, is would you okay? like me to give the biographical information? Oh yes, then? yes, yes. I forgot. Please do that first. Ocean waves. Ocean waves. Known in Japan as I Can Hear the Sea is a 1993 Japanese anime television film directed by Tomomi Mochizuki and written by Kaori Nakamura based on the 1990 to 1992 novel of the same name by Saiko Himuro. It was animated by Studio Ghibli for, um, I think it's Ghibli, right? Or is it Ghibli? I say Ghibli, but... Raul has told me it's Ghibli, but I I don't know. Like, does it does the 
what's it called? The Wikipedia tell you how to pronounce it. You know how you when you click on stuff, it tells you like how to pronounce stuff. Let's see. Let's find out. Oh, uh, continue with free voices. My natural reader's trying to let me see. So I use I well I I shouldn't have said the brand name, but I use a site sometimes to help me read. Oh, God damn it! It won't let me read it. It's saying the page is unreadable, which is so false. Okay. Um, okay. This is such good podcasting. No, it says it says Ghibli. Ghibli. Yeah, it says Ghibli. Well, like I just put Ghibli pronounce, and then it says studio blah 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 blah, and then it gives you like how do you pronounce it, and it's it says Ghibli. Thank you. I was like, I'm. I've got too many tabs open. All right, I will start the description over. Um, I am not cutting this out of the episode. <laughs> Ocean waves, known in Japan as I Can Hear the Sea, is a 1993 Japanese anime television film directed by Tomomi Mochizuki and written by Kaori Nakamura, based on the 1990-1992 novel of the same name. Um by Saiko Himura. It was Himuro. It was animated by Studio Studio Ghibli for Takuma Shoten and the Nippon Television Network. Ocean Waves first aired on May 5th, 1993 on Nippon TV. In 1995, the sequel I Can Hear the Sea 2 Because There Is Love was published. In the same year, a TV drama was produced mainly based on this work starring Shinji Takeda and Hitomi Sato. The film is set in the city of Kochi on the Japanese island of Shikoku. It concerns a love triangle that develops between two good friends and a new girl who transfers to their high school from Tokyo. Ocean Waves was an attempt by Studio Ghibli to allow their younger staff members to make a, re a film reasonably cheaply. However, it ended up going both over budget and over schedule. The film was released on DVD and Blu-ray by G-Kids on April 18th, 2017, with only the Japanese audio with English subtitles. Michelle, what is your first question for me? My first question is, what the fuck did we watch? <laughs> <laughs> and if you cannot see this, Gio was drinking water and... Almost choked on it. I almost spit it up. <laughs> um, indeed is the question. What the fuck? I, I, what the fuck did we watch? Okay, so this is, in other words, why did I pick this shit? <laughs> All right, so let's go down the hill. So early on, you know, uh, when we were talking about we were we, when we were friends, we were starting off as friends early on in our friendship, and you, me, and Louise, and how how this all how this whole podcast started, and and its inception and the thought of it and everything. Um, I came across a Twitter thread that I cannot locate, um, unless I put it. Oh, did I put it on Discord? I have no idea. Can you check while I'm telling the story? Okay. Um, what do you want me to check? Um, check sharing circle uh, group chat, uh, either on, on Twitter, Twitter or Discord. Okay. It might be on either one. Um, okay, I'll check. But there was a Twitter thread that I saw, or like a tweet, and they were talking about this movie, and they said this movie was 
secretly queer was like the most queer coded film um in studio ghibli's um roster um and that's how it came to my attention because of the fact that it had it was like oh people were realizing oh this movie this movie is gay <laughs> but or like it might be the possibility that this movie is, is like queer coded if not like not queer in actuality but like the idea that the story itself and the way in which the story takes place um, has a subtext that could be read as as queer, um, as a story of um, LGBTQ plus romance. Um, and that's actually how, yeah. And so when I found that out, I got excited didn't watch a lick of a trailer at all. I said, okay, you said it might be queer. Uh, it might be queer. Okay. So, and it's from Studio Ghibli, um, a masterpiece, like a pillar in anime community, especially when it comes to anime, like distribution of anime works and film to the United States. Um, and, you know, my brain goes Disney just because of how. Uh, Disney was the first distributor um, for Studio Ghibli films in the U.S., um, and that's why a lot of a lot of people are familiar with Studio Ghibli films being just Studio Ghibli films with uh, famous actors doing the English dubs, like Jada Pinkett Smith doing the dub for pr being in Princess Mononoke, Mononoke, and um, there's like Billy Crudup, Crudup is in a film. There's like, there's a lot of like Hollywood actors and actresses. Well, I could say actors, like just period. I have trouble with that. Um, Hollywood actors like being, doing the English dubs because Disney hired them. And it was, and this was like before they were like as big or as like aged names as they are now. Um, so that's why I picked this movie because I was just like, okay, it might be queer. And so it's been on the list for us to talk about for months. Like even before we even decided to do a podcast, the idea was that Michelle, Louise, and myself would just sync up and watch this movie together. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm actually like, I'm looking at the date when we're talking about the movie but i'm trying to look for the first time when you told us about the movie because i just found uh one of them and they're on twitter uh on our messages and this was back in october october 23rd and you're asking when do we want to meet next month to try to plan the podcast separate from when we watch ocean waves so we were planning it even like before October, so that was like in September or August, maybe even. Yeah, like because I like I think what happened was like I talked about it, and then we like you like you all were like, oh, I'm interested, and so we were like, okay, let's watch, and then we didn't like it just didn't happen. But yeah, like I don't think it was like I think it was like actually like a quick turnaround because it was like okay, I want to watch this movie, and y'all want to watch this movie with me. Okay, let's do it. Let's do this quick because what like. Why I still have the energy and excitement to watch this movie that I have only heard of just now, like because mm -hmm. a lot of 
movies. A lot of like I have a lot of movies and a lot of books and a lot of music that I have not that I want to listen to, but have not yet because I cannot listen to it in the moment. Um, and or and like I will say I'll do it later, and then like things come, things shift all the time, and I literally have a list of things on a whiteboard right now. Not the whiteboard behind me. I assure, I assure you, that's to block out the sunlight. But the light, there's a whiteboard, and like to the right of me, um, when I look away, um, for those who are looking at the video, when I turn, I'm looking at this whiteboard full of TV, actual plays, YouTube videos, and stuff, um, of like content that I want to consume. Some of which has been on my list for half a decade if not more for like at least half like some stuff has been on here for like a decade on the list for a decade or like five years like i have atlanta on here and i've had atlanta on my list since i since atlanta came out and i've seen a few episodes of atlanta and i haven't watched it yet um because that's just like how i am i get so like i love to consume media which is why and it's like and it's why this it's one of the reasons why this podcast is how it is in the cycle of film TV, music, and anything that's lit, because it's so much about how, um, like how we consume, and like me being a part of me being a part of Share Club Pod. How I it, it's a this podcast is a perfect way for me to like whittle down how how I could like what I consume. In the same way, it is also a way for me to experience things I've never experienced before with Dear Michelle. Um, any progress? Yes, I found it. Okay. So give me the goods. I want to shut up for a bit. <laughs> drink some water. So it was actually before your birthday. Um, oh wait, wait, wait. No, sorry. After your birthday, it was on October, uh, October tenth, and you sent us just a, a message asking, "Have you seen Ocean Waves? Someone nine on Twitter compared it to." C-M-B-Y-N, so now I have to know. Call Me By Your Name, the movie. Call Me By oh, Your Name. Oh, okay, Call Me By Your Name. Uh, and then we res both responded, oh, I haven't seen it. And then you said, oh, maybe a group watch one day. I'm down, yes. And then, all right, we just need a date. And then that's when I said, oh, Tuesdays and thir Thursday nights. Um, and then that's when we started uh, talking about planning it and then you said maybe until november and then we switched to another conversation afterwards but uh we've literally been planning to watch this movie se since october of last year <laughs> and let me remember remind everybody it's april 2021 <laughs> and when you're listening to this it is may <laughs> oh yeah 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 um so really interesting movie <laughs> tell me how you feel no tell me how you really feel um i forgot like i was gonna think of something to say um uh, oh yeah 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 i was gonna read to you that comment about uh, that i told you oh i i saw this but i'm probably gonna bring it up until we we talk mm -hmm. about it because how you said that you thought that this movie uh was you know, a queer movie. Um, so I looked online, like what, like there's this one of these questions that says, are ocean waves LGBTQ? Oh, well, like, 
it says LGBT. Um, and then it says the film, the film they actually made tries to squeeze together a romance in the last 15 minutes. But even if it wasn't meant to be an example for LGBT cinema, the fact that queer audiences see themselves and their teenage years in ocean waves is enough to make it a queer film on, all on its own. So this is according to this one article that says that. So mm, I want to know like who said or like what part of this movie would you say could have like queer like vibes as far as like the the young uh interactions and stuff because i could see i could see in that like in some of this because at the beginning i thought that what's his face um morisaki had a crush on on matsuno like i really give me first names sorry oh it's just the (laughs) yeah Yeah. i know it's weird the it's this it's a totally like you can tell the movie's age because of the fact that it's like it's an English dub and so we have to give them the first names even though the whole movie nobody refers to each other by their first names they refer to each other by the last name yeah because I mean I remember the mood movie as Morisaki Kun or they're 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 talking to each other on their with their last names but anyway so Taku's the like I I could see Taku having a crush on uh, Yutataka, like I could definitely see a like the two guy friends, not yeah, you know I could see I could see Taku having a crush on him, um, you know because you could see it like oh it's because I don't like her, you know she's probably she's probably the type that only likes good looking guys and won't like my friend and blah blah blah. So uh, there I was like okay I can see I can see how this movie can be like how it could give you like those type of queer vibes. But nowhere in the rest of the movie do I ever feel like, <laughs> I just want to start screaming. Because- yeah, no, no, I guess, and I guess it's cause like, you know, I like in no way that I actually mean like, did I ever think, maybe you thought it, but like, I never thought in my head that like this movie would actually be like, oh, like, like a Yuri on ice level of like, this is queer. It's queer bait. It's but like I was like, okay, you it says it gives you call me by your name vibes, and then in my head being like, okay, like there's an idea that it's queer coded. Okay, let's see. It's because I've like, never seen I've never seen Call Me by Your Name. Um so I didn't know what, what it meant. It wasn't until you mentioned it that the movie had queer vibes. So yeah. I was Okay, so yeah, so Call Me By Your Name, which is a, is a film, fun fact, that I watched in the museum um, in, a, in a movie festival at a time where I was taking an art appreciation class. I watched it with my mom, which was a bit awkward, given some of the stuff that happens in the movie. But, like, it is, it's a it's a nice movie. Like, it's a sweet movie. Um, it gets held, the movie gets held up too much um, by people to be, like, the standard for um, queer romance. Um, and it becomes a bit interesting um, because of like the age gaps in the romance and the like the premise of the movie and the way in which the romance fosters and the age gap between between our like the two lovers is interesting. 
I'm going to add Call Me By Your Name to the list um, mm. just to talk about one day. Um, but to more specifically talk about Ocean Waves, um, I was like, this is Studio Ghibli. It's 1993. I'm not expecting me to go, like, to have big gay vibes. Like, I'm just not expecting that at all. Like, Studio Ghibli is very synonymous to, like, family values and, like, a very, like, family approach to the world. Um, and, and so I didn't, like, I'm not, ex I wasn't expecting queer. I was expecting queer coded. Like, I, like there's, like, you know, you see my hand. This is queer. Like that would be like if I if like if it was actually queer. Like Call Me by Your Name is actually like a gay love story. Um, now queer coded would be we see this happen and then like because these things happen, there's like a little like there's gaps where you can see behind it some something something that perhaps could be queer, or because of imagery. Um, because of certain imagery, you can see um, a, a certain queerness that is not always said in, like, said explicitly. Like, for example, we watch Promising Young Woman. Um, now, Promising Young Woman, um, well, yeah, Promising Young Woman, one of the, like, speculations. Actually, no, I, I can't use this example. I don't want to spoil Promising Young Woman. Um, have you heard about bisexual lighting? No. Okay, so bisexual lighting is basically like when, like in a film, when a character is given, like it has lighting in the background that has like the colors of the bisexual flag, which are like um, purple okay. and blue. Um, and so bisexual lighting, and to some people could be, is like, can be you like that color scheme like sometimes it's just a color scheme and it very much looks like a like futuristic color scheme and like cyberpunk woo -woo, techno you know like john wick woo, aesthetic but also to some people if things certain things are happening and there's bisexual lighting the two of those you go there's queer coding going on here because you have a character being lit with bisexual, like having bisexual lighting behind them, mm -hmm. on top of the fact that they they have a serious friendship with with like or like a male has a serious friendship with a guy. Coding is really interesting because, and like when you read that comment, it was really interesting to me of like the way our conversation has gone, has has started with the conclusion, <laughs> because the conclusion, uh, um, the conclusion is. Though there is there, like, though there um, is crumbs, there, there like there are th small bits in which you can say there is something queer to it. Um, it's not enough for you to say that it's queer bait, and it's not enough for you to say that it is fully a queer story. But there are moments where it's where you get like truly, truly for so long, for so long. The LGBTQ plus community has been fed crumbs, and so when we see crumbs, we assume we when we see crumbs, we imagine it is bread. <laughs> I got it. I got it. I made the What's connection. That? You get me now. I, made, I I got I got the like I got an epiphany. You know, I What's got that? like uh, while you were talking, I was like, okay, think Michelle, think 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 crumbs, crumbs, crumbs. Where where can you find them? Where can you find them in this movie? So. 
I see. I see it now. I see. I see it now. Um, so it's not from Taco. It's not from the main guy. This guy right here that you guys cannot see that I'm pointing at. That's above Gio's head. Um, he's not the one. It, it, it's Yutataka. Like he's the one that had the vibes for for Taco. You know why? Because mm -hmm. he's the one that reached out every time to just talk to him you know yeah. he's the one that called and said like oh i went out with whatever her face is rikako and all whatever whatever and he's like oh okay and it's like oh yeah i mean i just you know i wanted to talk to you you know like i can see it now like i can definitely see it oh, like at least my <laughs> My, yeah, well, he's like my queer brain is making the connections now. There you go. Yeah, uh, I'm making the connections. Share Club Pod is a queer a, a queer podcast. Just yes. by the very nature of both Michelle and I both being queer people. Yeah, yeah, my queer brain. I guess I was just so thrown off with how the movie made no sense to me that I could not like connect all of oh, it. Oh, it's not good. This movie. Yeah, this movie is, is not, not good, good, guys. Like, like most of this conversation is not going to be about this movie in the same way most of our conversation was not about was not actually about time travelers wife last week like last episode <laughs> because this movie is not good it does it it is cheaply made like it is it, the movie went over budget and it is cheap, cheaply made and it does weird transit like really weird transitions the pacing of it is awful things happen the characters the characters don't there's no really plot talk. like <laughs> There's a plot where the characters don't really talk to each other. Moments just happen. And like, so the movie itself, not good. But the idea that the movie was queer, is queer, like, like has a queer coding to it. Um, uh, Cause I, I like, I like, I don't like what I told Michelle after we watched the movie, I was like, I have some research I need to do. Cause I was like, I can see the moments of like where, like Taku is like, like the moment where they're hanging out and he's got the bike and then like they do the kick thing. And I was like, I remember being in high school, play fighting with this guy that I was madly in love with on the fucking bus every fucking time. And we would just like play. And like, to me, like, I remember like, like at like being queer and like not being able to just like, like having, not having that confidence and I, like in some confidence being like burned out of like ground out of me by being bullied, I didn't have the confidence to assert my interest in people. And I still like I still kind of don't, but like, I still don't really. Um, though other circumstances do at times come into play when it comes to asserting your asserting your interest in, in a yeah, person yeah. romantically. But I'm um, I remember like. That's like that's one of the ways that I figured out that the way in which I feel and receive love is through physical like it's like I feel like physical touch and time. Mm -hmm. So like if you spend your time with me, like spending time with me and then like hanging out, like holding hands and like like play fighting, kind of like patty cake, like that and like physical closeness mean a lot to me. Um, 
And so when I saw like just that like Taku and Yutaka are like they kick the leg or like they're in the window, both like looking in the window. Um, there's like moments where like they're very close to each other. Um, and in the times where they're not as close to each other, are times where it's awkwardness or there's a bit of tension between them because of Rikako existing in their life. Um, and we're like, they have this friendship and it's not. Um, and then another one, and I don't like when, when Taku goes in the, in the narration, I didn't see like, I like, he basically was like, I didn't like, I didn't like that he was interested in her because she, uh, she's not going to understand his, she, girls only go for looks. She's not going to yeah, understand yeah, yeah, yeah. his value. And I was like, true value. bro, that's why like, to me, it like, like some of it, like when well, you're seeing stuff that's coming from Yutaka, but like to me, like I was seeing stuff coming from Taku. Oh, yeah, and- yeah, yeah. Like at the beginning, that's what I was saying. <laughs> like at the beginning, that's how I saw it. That's exactly what I said. Like at the beginning of the this oh, conversation. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I said at this beginning of the conversation. Like I saw it from Taku too, like at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And what you just quoted, I said that exact same thing. So <laughs> Okay. I'm sorry. It's so funny. No, no, no. It's okay. I just think it's so funny. See, it's like funny. I, I saw that too. And then right now I just saw the connection, you know, with and the way with this Taka. becomes the way this becomes defined as being coded is because mm-hmm. of the fact the movie itself is trying to make us think that this is a love triangle without yeah. actually having any moments of tension of a love triangle actually happening mm-hmm. and there is no point in which the three ca- there's only one point in which our three characters are together in a space mm-hmm. like actually together at the same time it is hey uh she asked me a question like hey this is this is like it's Yutaka saying hey this is Taku like mm-hmm. and Rikaku going, hi nice to meet you and then they're fucking off like <laughs> yeah I mean now like I'm saying like my queer brain is making all these connections now mm-hmm. how like you know she she says um she talks to they're in, they're in Hawaii you know after like this 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 girl asks him for money like (laughs) i was about to like say something i I was like i stopped myself this girl asks this asks taku for money and he just he just gave it away whatever um but you know when when um yutaka like says oh apparently like she knew about me or like knows me whatever um and so what's it called when he when they're talking to each other, it's like, oh, I wonder how she knows so much about me or like that, that I work. And then, and then Yutaka just says like, oh yeah, it's because that one time uh, we were hanging out and I got so nervous. I didn't know what to say. So I started talking about you. Um, 100%. Yeah. And so like there, like there too is like the first thing that comes to your mind is Taku. Like when you feel nervous about something, you know, yeah. you want to start talking about like what's familiar and what you like. Well, what is it? It's Taku. <laughs> and it's just like, now I can definitely like, I mean, yeah. I, I see, I see, like I can see it more now. Yeah. Like a hundred percent. And there's like, and like Fuck I had like, still, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, this movie is definitely one of those moments where like, it the idea of it being queer coded is so annoying to me because 
we're because we're so used to crumbs. And so like we see this and we're like, we're like, there's a little bit here, there's a little bit here. And it could very well be the idea of friendship of like, I know like we've done it of like, we hang out with somebody, we would like go somewhere else and we're like chatting about like this one time I was with my friend this and like, yeah, like I have a friend and like they do that. And it's like, oh yeah, that's the same friend. And like, we talk about other our other friends with each other. Like that's also a very, that's like a very friendship thing to do. But mm-hmm. like, but like, if there's crumbs, and like if you don't like what you're given, and there's crumbs for something else, you will want you want it, and you will you will. I'll see will bread. Crumb, yeah, you will take crumbs, and you will see bread. And it is a lot of, and that's very like. A lot of people don't realize, like, don't think about it this way, but that's, that's literary analysis, right? Yeah, there. because. Once this movie is done and out in the public, it no longer belongs to its creators in any artistic sense. The art becomes received by us, and then we we interpret it. Whether mm-hmm. well, no matter what the fucking like, what the author believes or not, matters some. Uh, only matters in the product, not in not in my consumption of said product. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Michelle's got a sociological way in which, in which the, um, this can be seen as well. This process of like when I like when when this feedback comes to comes to me and these coded messages, these metaphors. There it is. I found it. I found it. It's the met the idea of metaphors. When that comes to me, let let me. Have it. It's, it's, <laughs> no, no, no. It is. It, it's the idea of social it's, construction, like the social yeah, the construction social of structure. reality that's what you're describing is the social construction of reality like you're you're observing this uh subjective reality like the one that everybody knows about um and then you create you transform it into your objective reality the one that you you know oh like you realize as your reality and then you externalize it to subjectify it, to have more people believe it to be real. So it's exactly what you're talking about. Start, yeah. And like, in another way, like a, a more specific way, I've been using this, this idea of like seeing crumbs and believing that it's bread. When I took my AP English class and we were talking about like analyzing literature, I'm like analyzing I look up and I literally see the book right here, analyzing Hamlet, stuff like Hamlet and Frankenstein. And like, it's using the, te- like the importance of this is to use the text itself. Because if you don't use the text, then you're as, as my AP English teacher said, you're seeing ghosts. <laughs> like when you're talking about this stuff, make sure you're not seeing ghosts, that you're, you're pulling your, like the fact that crumb, like crumbs actually have to exist in order to see bread but we in order to see bread but there's not enough crumbs here for us to but like in actuality there's nothing more than crumbs but we but we can look at the crumbs and can imagine something better by it being bread it doesn't change what the movie is but it can but it changes the way we the way we internalize the movie. Yeah, it, yeah 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 it it's us making fan fiction in our head of the movie and it's it's great, um, like it's really fucking cool, <laughs> and I like I love I love that. Like what I did as part of my research is like I read a couple article I read a couple articles about 
like queerness in in the film, uh, like the idea of queerness in the film. And like I watched a thirty minute video in which somebody talked about what's there, talked about the characters as they are, as like um, how they're kind of not even really like a lot of like personality we get from the characters. They kind of mm. just exist. <laughs> Um, except for Rikako. Rikako's like the most fleshed out of a character. Oh, but, like, I, I, we don't, but, but we don't like her. And, we don't like her! And, and like, the one thing we know for sure is that Taku does not like her. And that like when she cries in his arms, he is does he's like, ah, oh, now I gotta deal with this shit. It, it, it looks it looks more like disgust, like uh, okay, I'm just gonna mm -hmm. like this this is like personal space. I I remember that was like the thing. I was like this this guy is like I feel for you, but at the same time it's like give me some space. I do not have feelings for you, person. And, and that's like, he, like yeah. And, he, and like as oh, is in this picture, like he's trying he's trying to be respectful. And like he's on this trip because she lied to her her only friend. Yeah, she lied to her only friend about going to Tokyo. Like, supposedly they were going to go somewhere else. And then last minute, they're like, oh, we're in the airport. We're about to go to Tokyo. And I just, like, I felt the whole relationship that ends up happening at the end between Taku and Rikako is so freaking forced. Like, that shit is so fucking forced. It pisses me off because... Like we said, there's nothing, there's nothing in this damn film that shows me any sort of interest from Taku. Like, I can see it from Rikako's, like, perspective. Yeah, this, this person clearly had some type of attraction to Taku, whatever it was, whatever, like, oh, he's already seen, you know, my personality, or, like, he already knows this about my family, he's the only one that, like, doesn't give a shit if I'm not from here and just tells me things straight up, like, there's a bunch of reasons why I would think Rikako has um, that crush or, like, likes Taku, but there is no, like, nothing, nothing, not even crumbs that we're seeing, like, from from like all uh like you know how we perceive the yeah. relationship between um Taku and Yutaka like there's there's nothing like rarely like only, anything like the closest thing I can think of is like the point is like when like they're having the conversation where like she comes to him like she know she comes to him because she knows he has money and manipulate like finesses like finesses the conversation to put her herself in a positive light. So that she can get the money from him, even though it's more money than he said he can give, and it's more money, and it's like, and it's more money than she even really asked for at first. And with that, like, that's the closest thing I can see to flirting, and it's not actually her flirting with him, and she, he's just like responding to her. Um, but she's like, like she, she's turned like if you like the video I watched talked about like. If you look at that scene bit by bit, it's like she's only nice. She's only nice when she needs something, mm -hmm. when it benefits her. And so when she and so like at the airport, for example, she's standoffish when he when he's there because it's like ah oh, shit, like I've been caught in the act of the money, and it's also like you've been brought into some shit that I didn't need you to be in, and I don't want you here. But then. 
when he offers to go with her, she like she's like, yeah, she like lights the idea like she prefers the idea apparently <laughs> mm -hmm. and like without telling him calls her his boy calls her her boyfriend well calls taku her boyfriend um to her father but the boyfriend's gotta wait downstairs if it's your boyfriend you gotta wait downstairs and then like uses him again as a boyfriend in a piece of like like being like oh well my boyfriend's cool, so I'm actually totally over you and trying to play the social game that Taku is absolutely not having at all. And like they don't end that they they spend time in that that time in Tokyo together is not actually them really spending any real time. And the one time where she is it's like she gets drunk and she gets vulnerable, but then when he like tries to like help her through it or like let her in, like 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 okay like you're letting me in so like okay well this is where i am i'm in she clams the fuck even though she's drunk red as a fucking tomato she's basically tells him mind your damn business so like to me there's like no romance there and the video i watched which do not worry dear listener will be in the show notes <laughs> yeah the video i watched was speculating that like this moment like the way this that, that things play out is like a bit out of order where like them at the sun like at the bar is after their conversation about like oh i didn't realize you were interested in her this whole time but you took us like i didn't realize you were interested in her um i uh i sorry i got distracted <laughs> oh yeah um, it's because i, I just realized, sent you the link for the, yeah. the article that i that yeah. i saw which will also be in the show notes. Mm -hmm. um, that part, like, so the film was paying attention. Like, okay, like you're in a bar. When you go to a bar, it's nighttime. But when they had that conversation, it was sunset, and it's the same outfit. So he was speculating that they that that's a place where like that crumb could be expanded into a slice of bread. Of mm -hmm. like, not only did they have, a, I didn't realize you had these feelings, but then like from there, have, could have had a conversation where. Um, this video theorizes that like Taku is 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 queer, but that Yutaka is not, um, and so that like there's this idea of like okay, really? Taku, so he wasn't Michelle. These crumbs are what we make of them. Mm, <laughs> cries in the corner. So like you and me, we can think they're both are. Um, like the movie. The movie, neither of them are. Um, you and I agreed that they both are. This video, they both are. <laughs> I think they both are. Um, Throws the. You guys are not seeing my reaction, but you know, like those <gasps> memes or gifs where someone just stands up and yeah, throws the damn people. That's me. Pieces. What what I what what I what I call Jesus in the temple. <laughs> Jesus in the temple. <laughs> Jesus in the temple. Just the chairs. That is just bullshit. I'm so sick of this bullshit. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Oh um, so yeah. So you know, this is what we're doing. Like, we're not just doing literary. Like, we're doing literary analysis, but on top of that, we're doing fan fiction. And so yeah. to you and I, the fan fiction is they're queer, and like. In this video, it's saying just Taku's queer, or like Yutaka is maybe not feeling the same way towards Taku in the same way. I just wanted friends. Um, but I'm really interested in that. Like, so in the video, it's saying, like, okay, like in that moment at the pier, Taku is coming out 
to Yutaka. And so then when they're in the bar and they're bringing up crushes, there's like knowing looks between them. Mm -hmm. um, and like that same logic could be used of like, they confess their love, but like they're being like, they're being not, I'm not gonna say in the closet because it, it, that's a more like term of like expressing danger, but let's say more of like they're, they're being stealth in their queerness. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like this movie, awful. The thing is, like, not a awful good movie, movie, very boring, off, terrible pacing. But I think you'll enjoy, like, once again, I think with this, watching, listening to this episode or watching the the VOD of this on Patreon whenever we have our Patreon put together, you will enjoy the movie more now that you have seen, now that we have talked about the crumbs and that you can make what you, whatever the fuck, like, you can imagine this movie to be something completely else. Yeah, I think we should add that like in our comments or something or put it like at the beginning of the episode. You know how we add content warnings be like, just letting you know, we actually think that watch listening to us before watching the movie could be something very, a very different experience or something. Yeah, like that. it could like fully. <laughs> yeah, um, like yeah, I'm gonna put that, I'm making it right now. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say the other thing I, I wrote a note about because you were reading that comment. Um, like from that you link that is in the show notes now. Um, I was thinking about like the idea of like other places where like we turn crumbs into uh, like by using our literary brains, we can turn crumbs into bread. We can, we can do a bit of uh, fiction alchemy. Um, there's a podcast that I, I haven't listened to much of, like I've listened to like an, like some of an episode, but like, they um, they talk about it's called totally trans pod, um, and they talk about like films in which like characters are not trans but they could be trans but they are transcoded in the way in which their arcs become and the way their their characterization is, um, and they talked about like Pinocchio being like a trans boy, um, and like a, a number of other like Disney films that I haven't seen so I haven't listened to those episodes in particular but like. And like this is, and that podcast has like, is like talked about by like an expert in like talk talked about by two trans, two trans people, and and who are like highly educated, and so it is an interesting podcast, and that'll also be in the show notes. Um, Ooh. Anything else you want to add before um, before we end, so that you um. yeah. Yeah, it's okay. Um, so, I mean, again, we talked for a whole, like, at least, because the first 20 minutes were us being, like, in a weird mood, so I'll take that. But at least for 40 minutes of something that had nothing to do, almost, like, almost nothing to do with the plot of this movie, <laughs> again, <laughs> we just, you know, super, yeah, this movie's not good, so... I don't know if I'd recommend it to anybody unless they're like trying to look for like a specific theme in it. I'd be sure, but I don't know. Take it as you want, guys. Um, it, it's it's okay if you like the movie too. Um, there's nothing wrong. We we're just two queer people wanting more queerness in the world. <laughs> Without having it to be, <laughs> I'm looking but. at you, Voltron. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, 
queer baiting ass TV show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> still mad. Still mad. <laughs> I'm still mad. All right. So yeah. So thank you for coming here. Uh, thank you for listening to uh, this episode of Share Club Pod, which will be titled uh, "Turning Crumbs into Bread." <laughs> um, um, Share Club Pod. If you are listening to this at the end, or like passing by, somebody somebody down the street is listening to it on a speaker um, as they walk down your neighborhood street. Um, Share Club Pod is which we talk about film, like where each week we talk about either like one of the following film tv music or anything that's lit um and this has been an episode about ocean waves next week we will be talking about carol and tuesday sorry for our may tv episode um and we love you so much thank you for coming uh do your do the tag oh now Thank you for being a great host, Dio. Um, and remember, be kind to yourself. You're doing the best you can, everybody. Uh, this weave is out. In broadcast. In broadcast.